Sometimes the best preparation is no preparation. <laughs> Good morning. It is Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls. And we're so excited to be here today. And as I said right at the beginning, I was just about to ask Naomi, what do we have prepared for today? And then I was like, nope, I'll just ask you during the podcast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, we didn't prepare too many notes. We have a few things we wanted to kind of touch on. And yeah. there's been a couple of little... Uh, comments and questions from from listeners, so we can always ask Yay, those too. Yay, so fun. Oh my gosh, we have both of our phones recording. We're not going to be able to like, access those comments. I know. <laughs> oh well, we might have to grab one. Yeah. Um, or we'll maybe have to invest in a camera. <laughs> maybe that's the answer. Um, so yesterday, I we ran together, which is really exciting. I took exactly one week off from my IVF procedure, which an egg retrieval, which I think... My doctors would probably be like, that's not enough time. But I went by, like, the actual size of my belly and the um, bloat that I experienced to, like, like, literally the pounds of fluid I was right. retaining. The edema. And to see if you felt back to, like, normal, back right. to yourself. Right, exactly. So what they, re- what they worry about is your ovaries get really big, and they're worried about ovarian torsion with high-impact activity. And... That makes sense because usually, you know, you don't have five or six follicles that have gotten fully mature and and everything. You have one. (laughs) And so, but after the retrieval, they do fill back up with fluid. Yeah. So, because they have little puncture holes. Oh my gosh, excuse me. (laughs) And so I was carrying around five to six pounds of extra fluid. Oh my gosh. Isn't it's that so crazy? uncomfortable. Yeah, but it wasn't like in previous cycles it will be like swelling everywhere. It'll be swelling everywhere and it'll start really early. This literally started the day my nurse told me to stop running. I was like, oh yeah. And like I was like I felt full. And that was probably only like a pound or two of extra. And then after the procedure was I mean my my abdomen was so bloated. I just laid around with this thing called a wormy. It's like the best. It's a stuffed animal that you microwave. <laughs> it's so um, cute. Too. It's so cute. It looks like a little puppy. So I laid around with that wormy on my abdomen, like at all cost, at all chances. And then now I feel pretty good. That's good. So, so it's basically just that listen to your body because you may yeah, know. True. I mean, listen to your doctors. But yeah. you may know sort of like if you're feeling better and feeling back to activity right. and, you know, being someone with a high level of, of base activity. Right. Well, and like me going through IVF, I have diminished ovarian reserve. Like I got a ton of eggs for me, but like when I was a donor, I used to get like 30 eggs. My so gosh. probably at a higher risk of ovarian torsion than right now. So that's yeah. where it's like... You know, also, you know, you know your own body. You've got to listen to your doctors. Uh, I also ran by this date with every other cycle, I think. Oh, that's good. Well, not the ones where I had a sprained ankle. But right. You were in a booth. <laughs> oh, well. Um, and we don't have any update yet. We're supposed to we were supposed to find out something yesterday. And the lab, I guess, gives the report in the afternoon on day five. But the nurses say that we'll get a report on day five. What they mean is... What they mean oh, is oh, they will get a report oh. from the lab on day five, but there's no one in the office to convey that to me in yeah. the afternoon on day five. So, or there was nothing to report. So today is day six. So oh. hopefully I'll find out something good today. But I had a revelation yesterday and I shared it in my Instagram stories. I can yeah. only gain something. I have nothing to lose because I have my one perfect frozen embryo that's just frozen there. And I can only add to that. Yeah. So even if this cycle, I didn't lose anything. Sure, I spent a lot of money. Sure, it was hard on my body. But I didn't lose anything. So. Right. And then, like, money, it's like the money kind of is already spent. By the time, like, right. by exactly. the time you're like, okay, well. I would right, regret not nothing. spending the money. Exactly. So if, like, we decided, like, like I there's no time machine journey that I would go back and be like, well, let's not do IVF. Yeah. You know, yeah. At this point in the so, game, it's just it's the op- it's the option you I, have. It's right. I think about that every once in a while. Even if we end up without a baby, mm-hmm. like I think about like that you wanted to try. And like, you want to go through. All I the would steps. right. I I know myself. I will never regret trying things, mm-hmm. but I knew that if we like didn't try, I'd be like, 
I wish we had. Yeah. I would always wonder. Because I know what would have happened if we hadn't done IVF. Like, statistically speaking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we would, like, be, you know, 43, possibly 43 with no baby, and then be like, oh, I wish it's way too right? late to... Now you can't go back. Right. Exactly. Well, so. like, you were talking about the, you know, whether it's going to go to a blast at day five versus day six, and, and then statistically yeah. how that results in a live birth. You're talking about yesterday in our run, and I was yeah, thinking yeah. about it, and I was like, yeah, but that's statistics. Those are statistics. Right. They don't always apply to you well, like, or to anyone, right? Like, we're all, it's, we, Yeah, we're all our own anomalies. Yeah. And it's also like an on-off switch. Like, you don't get 35% of a baby. You, <laughs> you get, like, that's a good. whole baby or you get no baby. Right. right. So. so, and I just, yeah, it's sort of like, you know, looking at, like, heart rate data for you versus yeah. someone else or, you know, for anyone. We did, that was one of the questions we had on oh. our Instagram was about our heart rate. Yeah. And our average and our highs and lows. And that's, again, like, okay, you can look at statistics and you can look at other people's data, but that's not going to be relevant for you. Um, Speaking you know. of heart rate data, I found out the easy way to change your percentages based on lactate threshold oh. in Garmin. There's literally a toggle that says based on percentage of lactate threshold and you put your number in. Yeah. So you don't I have to adjust each range. I think that might be why mine isn't switching back because you're switched back. Mine switched back. And mine like literally in here says that I have I have set a lactate threshold manual entry. Oh, and so it's like okay. my watch is like you've overrode this overridden the system. Okay, but, yeah, because that's I just did that yesterday and I based it on I know Davey gave me my lactate threshold yeah. of 183. I, I think put you need it to adjust yours. I put it at 186 because yeah. I I almost think, based on those runs where I was feeling on fire, like so good, like I could hold it for an hour. Like our mouth at one ninety five. At one ninety five, I was like, "Oh, marathon Liz lives here." Yeah, I was like, "Uh oh, this is where you live at." <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so again, it's so individualized. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, when we look at our heart rate data, like I feel like if you know if you're looking at your heart rate data, I think you have to know your zones. You have to, yeah, you have to figure out your zones, whether that is you know whether you've paid attention to your data it's it's going to be or whether you want to reach out to someone like how we reached out to David at Swap you know it's going to be very dependent and you can look at hard race efforts to yeah. figure out where that lactate threshold is and well, you know kind of go from there i've been thinking about it too i think lactate threshold heart rate is a great place for people who are like really seriously training i'm almost tempted to go back to the percent max heart rate um, zones that Garmin sets and figure out a way to coach people using those zones mm-hmm. because it's something that the watch is taking that data and saying this and that. And like, I think using that green all the way up to the top of green almost, because I think that's really where it is as that easy zone, because that's like where yeah. lactate threshold it says, and then pushing into the red is into that lactate, thre- into right. your threshold and lactate threshold. So it's, um, yeah, with the exception of sometimes like mine, where my watch had, had my readings to be lower than what they really are. So I was in the red for an hour and 20 right, minutes. But that's what I'm saying. Life. So you're, that your red is your lactate threshold instead of your orange yeah. on the Garmin zones. And so, and like, basically it's just like, you don't get above it. Right. Like there is nothing above it. And then like, I don't know, it would be almost like using the Garmin to do a two, a three zone model mm-hmm. where that third zone does just doesn't exist. <laughs> well, the third zone being the zones four and five or, you know, on, yes. on the five zone model. So your four and five, so your four and five would be red. Yeah. Your zone three would be orange, or your zone two would be orange. Gotcha. You're like your three and would be your zone would be two. Below. Green and below. Would like be that would be like zone. one way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And then you, because it is possible to do, based on that, to do runs that are all in blue. And that would be your really easy zone yeah. one work. Yeah. So. Anyway, it's interesting. Maybe it's something that we should take a look at. Yeah. But right now we're doing a percent lactate threshold, overridden. So hopefully mine will fix and we'll be good there because I felt really good yesterday. And even with the zones being wrong, 
I was still at 156 average, which would be like you being at 146 average because we're about 10 beats apart, yeah. which is like easy, but it's not like it's not like the easiest of easy, right. but it's certainly not hard. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. It's like that, like... Yeah, it's, it's aerobic. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that a slightly high aerobic. Yeah, yeah. So mine ended up being averaging 138, which, but that takes into account these, like, 110s and 120s from, from the early, you know, the beginning and the recoveries. But yeah. it did go up to, I think it actually said 161 when I went back and looked. So I hit some, you know, for me... I did, too. I had higher, some, some I had orange. some hard... I had some orange yesterday, yeah, too. which is good. Um, On those 30-30. Yeah, yeah, it was totally fine. But it was, um, I just, I tend to look at the whole average of the Yeah, of same. The run, and I but. know, but it's like, you know, I have to look at where it goes to and how long it stays there mm-hmm. to figure out because that's, mine will go up and kind of stay there. It doesn't recover as quickly sometimes yeah. during, you know, certain efforts. But I mean, again, yesterday was a 30-30 run. So there's very, there's a lot of ways to run that. And be, I feel like we were just kind of like pushing. We just went like, by, yeah. I mean, we just went, what we did what we wanted to do. Yeah. We didn't take it easy on purpose. We didn't push on purpose. Right. But, you know, for us, the paces were in a, like a slight push range. Yeah. And so, but what's cool is I'm, I'm rereading The Happy Runner by David and Megan Roach. Yeah. And they are talking about the big thing, of course, you all are hearing about is strides. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> they're implementing strides with all their, you know, this was, 2018, but they're, they were implementing strides with all their athletes, and they're still doing that. They talked about it on the podcast. They talked about it uh, right well, now. Well, I just yeah. looked. I just listened to episode 110 where they talked about their favorite workouts, and that was certainly one of them. Yeah. And a couple of their other favorite workouts are like workouts we do all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's crazy because really, what yeah, what the strides are. So it's like these, you know, 30 second pushes, and yeah. then they'll recover it for, like, a beginner athlete, they'll recover for two minutes, yeah. and as you get, you know, stronger and fitter, you might they recover do 30, for, 30s. for a minute, or, yeah, I mean, basically, <laughs> basically, I'm like, oh, so, yeah, all we do is literally just strides, on days like yesterday, Yeah, well, when we're doing a little more of a push. I was thinking about that yesterday, we should do our 30, 30 runs sometimes, we should, like, get to, once we get to the trail, so that's just, like, do whatever until we get to the trail. Yeah, that's our warm-up because then it's hilly. once we get to the trail, we should intentionally do 30 on, 30 on, walk, 30 off, walk. Yeah. So that they're a minute 30 recovery with those strides, but not necessarily sprint. Right. Because I'm not trying to drop like 458s on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel those the next day. Well, and that's, yeah, like it's those are It's dumb that I can run that fast. It's, those aren't like going to, I mean, they will in some ways improve, but they're not going to improve our economy yeah, which is what you well, know, really right strides because we'll do. fatigue we'll fatigue and get injured if we try to push too hard. Now there might be a time when, and there was a time when like running five fifteens and four fifty eights during a thirty yeah. thirty run where we would do it at the end, like it didn't wreck me the next day. But right now yeah. in this fitness, that even though I can do it, it freaking wrecks me. Yeah. No, I think the first half like, of 2019 we could do it was I, not a problem. I know. I'm a little sore actually from yesterday between the swim the day before. Yeah. Like my inner thighs are really sore. I'm like, man, I need to get to the pool a little more often. So. Oh, that's actually another one of the questions. Oh, um, yeah. So we had, okay. yeah. So Jess asked us about our favorite cross training and whether cross training is important for oh. marathon training. Oh, absolutely. So this is a great question. So I think cross-training is absolutely important for marathon training, um, but specifically the cross-training being walking and other aerobic, low-intensity aerobic, but uh, like base building and minimal strength training, like just enough strength training to keep you from getting injured, but no more than that. And I know, fight, like, there are people that are like, no, you need to strength train after every speed workout. You need to do three 20-minute, nope, nope, wrong. You will just get hurt. It's dumb. It's dumb. Five to eight minutes, maybe twice a week. I think David David would be happy with that answer, too, (laughs) because I feel like he has said, like, pretty much mountain legs and speed legs, and he's working on one more, and that's it. (laughs) And I think as we get older, we need to make sure we're implementing those, but, like, yeah, after our easy runs, and it's, like, an eight-minute, you know, I don't even think of that as strength training. I think of it as, like, rehab, 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 part of a... 
part of a warm up. Like I think that there's so much, um, there's so much like focus on like do more to get better. And I think, and Jeff says it too, do more running to get better at running. That's yeah. And that's what I wanted to say too about, okay. So is cross training important in a typical marathon cycle? Is it crucial? Yeah. I'm, and I was going to say, I don't think no cross training is need, needs to be part of your plan. Now, no. can it be part of your plan? Yes. I think, I, th- I actually think it does need to be a part of your plan. And I think those cross training days should be non-running days and there should be at least three of them. And those should be days that you go out for a 30 minute walk. But it's, yeah. So again, it's not the like, cross training people are thinking of though. Right, right. So people are thinking It's not of, like hit right. or like go to solid core or right. take a spin class. Exactly. Or even like jump on the Peloton and take a hard class. No. So the Peloton has these boring rides where you just like look at a picture of like a countryside. You put that resistance on 20 and you just spin those legs. And 20 is like no resistance. Like... Like, your cross-training, like, your running should be so intentional. And it's so funny because between Galloway and then the other, like, plans that I've done, Run Less, Run Faster, um, it's always been that kind of thought of less, like, very specific running training, almost at a very low volume, and no more. Right. Like, like do exactly what you need to do to be successful and don't do more because it's at right. that more that you're going to be at risk for injury. Because one of the biggest things that most important things in a marathon training cycle is sleep and recovery. Yeah. And it's so hard to get and your body needs more and more and more of it as you train to have those recovery adaptations. And that's what people miss out on. Like, right. I kind of went back in our Instagram stories a long while ago and like put kind of my training to get to my first sub four hour marathon. And yes, I was young. I mean, I was what it was 2016. So I was youngish. I was 30, 33. Yeah. Uh Oh, there's going to be some static because I moved the cord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So I was youngish. Um, but like I tapped out at a highest mileage month of 92 miles. Right. And that was in August for an October marathon. I ran a kick ass 122, um, 122 10 miler two weeks before the Marine Corps. And I was like posting in a bunch of like groups, like, do you think I can break four hours? Like, I feel like I can, like it lines <laughs> up. And I think I was like looking at the Macmillan yeah. chart. I was like, it lines up with the Macmillan chart. And everybody was like, like, you you're, can't, you're an idiot. Don't use that. Chart. Don't do it. Like you can't do it. And I was like, I was like, I think I can. I'm going to rest for two weeks and find out. And everybody's like, don't take two weeks off. And that's what I mean. But that's what I did. I took two full weeks off because that 122 kind of wrecked me. Yeah. And then, um, you know, because that was like right at, at the level. That know, was at, at your some, fitness level. It was right. Well, and I am one of those people who has generally been able yeah. to follow the Match McMillan the chart yeah. like almost exactly in a creepy way. Now it was my fourth marathon. Is that right? Or was it my fifth? 11, 12, 13, 14. Was it 2014 that I did it then? Hold on. It was 2014. Yeah. It was my fourth. It wasn't 2016. So I was 32. So it was my fourth marathon. So I knew what to expect from a marathon. It was a cold day. And I just went out there and did it. And now I, I mean, I had the mental like kind of, and I still have this, this is something I'm like really good at is kind of knowing like how to hold on at the end of a race. Like, like I just really have that. Um, and so my watch, I think I told this story. Did I tell it on the pod? How my watch broke during this race? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my first time (laughs) breaking four hours, my watch broke. Like my BP watch. Well, and I don't think I ran with a running watch. So my I had the Nike, the Nike thingy and um on my phone. And so my BP watch, I usually start it when I cross the finish across the start line with my chrono. So yeah. I started it and I get to mile two to lap it and it was stopped and I was like, Oh, oh no. no. I had no idea what I was pacing. And it's really Marine Corps 
really fun and kind of like crazy downhill and you're like swept away. Oh, and, and it's cr- like there's crowds. You're either yeah. running with a crowd that and either, so, you know, you're So I was at like kind it. of heading towards the top of the, the hills, like about yeah. to go down to Spout Run Parkway. And I was like, what do I do now? So I like reset it and I was like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And then I see the 5K mark and I was like, got it. I'm going to keep my 5Ks around 2630. I don't know why I thought keep them at 2630, but that's what I thought. (laughs) That is way faster than 909, you guys. Like way faster. (laughs) It's like an 8. I'll have to go look it up. 830? Yeah. Something around there. Yeah. So I was like, I can do that. So I reset it. And at the 5Ks, I was clicking off like 2611, 2620. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I get to the halfway point. I was like, then it'll just be a half marathon. And I know how to do those, like metronome. Like, I'll just do a half marathon. And (laughs) boom, 151. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's a PR by two and a half minutes. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. And I was like, okay, wait, I ran a 151. So now I just need to chill chill out, chill out and run a 208. I was like, I ran a 208. Like... (laughs) Easy peasy. I, On a, I was like, like a training run. That's like nothing. I was like I ran a two oh five 18 days after having my tonsils out, and like <laughs> that was a whole other thing. I had to stop running for three weeks before getting my tonsils out to gain weight because otherwise they wouldn't take my tonsils oh my out. This is before I was diagnosed <laughs> with celiac disease, and like I was like really lean without trying. It was. I mean, yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> I used to or eat. Bad. Right. The doctors are like, you need to gain well, weight. Well, but I mean, I was eating all the time and restaurant yeah. food all the time. And I was like barely 125 pounds. Yeah. Like, You're and like so, sick. right. I was sick all the time too. I had to, so I had to have my tonsils out. And, um, and then I ran a 205. I was off for two weeks. I had tonsillectomy 18 days later. I ran a half marathon and like I went to the doctor two weeks after and was like, so can I start running again? He was like, yeah, I just wouldn't go run a marathon this weekend. I was like, how about a half? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I mean, it was very, very low, low volume to run a marathon under, under four hours. Um, with very, not just minimal cross training, minimal training, but Penny was really young then. And she used to get three to four one mile walks a day minimum. And you can hear nice. her little prancy paws. Looking around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my cross so was training. Your, yeah. So that kept her on your feet. Yeah. So I was thinking about it cause I was like, that was a long story just a, to say, <laughs> don't. Don't, like, you don't need to cross train. Well, so, so the, yeah. And then there is a time and place for cross training, but again, like, yeah, it's if you're if you're not injured, your plan can consist of of basically just running and then like the very easy cross training. Because if you like we were saying, if you go out and do a cross training day on your off day or get up early to go to you know Orange Theory or whatever, you are you know you're setting yourself up for just more fatigue than you need right. and injury, and you might and be too tired to get the to effectiveness your, yeah. of that workout. And then there was you know Dana commented on something. Um, that I had posted that actually I saw Jess post. If you're hitting your workouts a hundred at a hundred percent every time, you might not like have it on race day because your workouts are designed like to kind of to be push. at like eighty yeah. percent. And if you're just like hitting them, hitting them, hitting them hitting them, you might like tap out not just your endocrine system, but your fitness and everything and might not have it on race day. Like right. Peak too early. Right. Right. Um, so I know that we've been, um, guilty of that in the past too. Oh, yeah. where we just like are just like crushing workouts left and right. Oh, paces were supposed to be 7:45. We did them at 7:20. Right. Like, Oops. and it's like, but we've pushed ourselves past. Yeah. Like yeah. what we should have been doing. And then, and luckily we've been pretty resistant to injury for the most part, but there's, you know, especially older, like there's that risk of injury. There's that risk of just cumulative fatigue. And I think that that is probably yeah. what will hit us or what would hit us more than anything is we would just have that whole like mental and physical, like I'm exhausted. Like right. yesterday I wanted to lay down three miles out on the trail. <laughs> yep. I was like, I want to take a nap right now. Like I want to go lay down in that wet grass and take a nap. And I wouldn't even care that it was cold and wet because I was so <laughs> tired, but it wasn't my body. It was like my, my brain was tired Yeah, because stress is stress. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's stress pie and it has, you know, it's not just, 
it's not just your workouts, it's yeah. your life. And yeah, so, yeah, totally. there's a lot going on. It's like, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Although I felt great last night, so I wanted to work out. And I knew it would be a stupid idea to get on the treadmill. Oh, good. And so I got on my bike. Yay! And what was awesome was Scott, my husband, put my, he put batteries back in my sensors and he put my clip on pedals on. He put new pedals on my bike and everything. So it was all suited up. And so my sensors, because I had the data, the last couple of times I rode, I I rode for like 25 minutes and I had no idea how far I was going fast. So I just like, 25 minutes sounds great. And then last night I had the data and I, it ended up making me go farther. I went for 35 minutes. Yay! And it was so fun to have like, to know how how far I went and just like yeah. have the data. And um, so Ali Ostrander, like right after that, I was looking on, I was on Instagram and she posted, she's been, she's this, you know, a, uh, she's a track star who had her battles with eating disorders, yeah. stress fractures, all that stuff. And so she, um, she was steeplechase, I think. That's the one okay. with the water, right? Yes. <laughs> so she, so she posted about um, cross training and how, how you should use it as like, so when you're like me, you've got plantar, you've got an injury. Yep. It's a great replacement, and she was, like, saying 10-minute rule. So 10 minute. if you were going to do, you know, three miles, that's, mm-hmm. you know, do about 30 minutes. And so yep. that's, like, awesome to, like, validate, like, oh, cool, that's what I was thinking. I was going to do about 30 minutes to replace so, my 30-minute run. So that's, that's exactly run. what I – so um, I, like, walking you can do – I would just, like – don't go more than an hour if you're going to walk, right? 30 to 45 minutes is amazing. Um, on the bike, like 10 minutes, like 30 minutes is a great is a great time frame. Peloton has a lot of 25-minute classes. Awesome, too. Yeah. The classes, though, just remember that you're not there. Like, if you like the motivation of the class, like, don't look at the leaderboard and, like, just, like, do the minimum in the class when it's a cross training when day, it's, if it's a cross training now, unless again, like if, if you're if skipping you're, a workout, if you're switching it out for a workout. Yeah. You can do an, you know, yeah, you can do yeah. that hour, do that hard push, whatever it is for exactly to replace the workout. So like if yesterday morning, if my foot was flaring, I couldn't have run the hour that we ran. Well, or if hour and that eight, ever happens, bite. if that ever happens, you'll come over here. You'll jump on the Peloton. I'll yeah. jump on the treadmill, and we'll do we'll a together. workout together. Yeah. And I, and I think we should we should try that sometime anyway. And we so. can always do like we can always do switch offs. We can do intervals. Yeah. Um, cause we can set up a, pel- a Peloton profile for you on the nice. bike and everything. So, yeah. Um, so and you cross training and you, you swam on I swam. Monday. So I actually have a background as a swimmer, um, and was a swim coach for a really long time. And I want to get back to it. Actually. I, I really miss oh, coaching cute. swimming. I like think about my kids and they're all like yeah. all the kids I've coached now are like in high school, which yeah. is like crazy because I used to coach like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds. So it's so fun that they're, that they're all like, they're getting signed to go to college and like, they're getting signed to go to college because I would like develop these like age group swimmers and then they'd become very talented and it, yes, they had some natural talent in there and yes, some of what, some of what developed them into great swim swimmers was that they were very talented and a little bit of work and it would have happened under any coach. But I like to think that the reason the kids that I coached were, are really successful because they're successful, whether they signed to, you know, a scholarship to go to college or, or not, or they're just loving swimming. They are successful because we talk about process goals in swimming. And we talk mm-hmm. about my favorite thing with the kids is I tell them it's their practice. It's not my practice. And I will remind them of things, but it's their job to internalize it. So our biggest like chant that I teach them is practice makes, and they have to say habit. And then I say, what habits are you building today? Good habits or bad habits? Which one? It's your choice. And so we talk all about practice makes habit. What are you focused on? What do you have to bring to practice today? Because, you know, I, with high schoolers, they'd say, you know, I had a really stressful day at school. I have all these projects. I'm here, but I'm stressed. And I said, you know, you're here. It sounds like you only have 10% to give me today because you're like everything else. (laughs) And so you just be present in the moment that you're here and just whatever you have, let's work on easy skills. Let's work on foundation. Let's work on just this one thing. Just 
be here as part of the repetition, be here in the moment, but don't think you have to excel here because you you can't. You excelled everywhere else today (laughs) and you only have, if you were- Or you didn't, you were beaten down by everything else today and that's, again- That's a whole other thing. But you still, yeah, like you have that 10%, you are not going to give 100% and that's- Well, you you give like 100% of of whatever you've decided to allocate- Right? For the day. And sometimes that's just showing up. Exactly. So this is a great time to mention something because the founder of Beauty Counter, Greg Renfrew, said, you can do it all, but you can't do it all at the same time. I don't think that's actually her quote, but she said, you can, she's like, I can be the CEO of Beauty Counter and I can be a great mother and I can be a great wife. But if I try to do it at the same time, I'm giving 33% to each. And that is a failing grade. So when I'm the CEO, I'm 100% the CEO. And when I'm a mom, I'm 100% a mom. And when I'm a wife, I'm 100% a wife. But I don't have, I only have 24 hours in a day. So it might be that I'm 100% a wife for only 10 minutes. Right. But I'm not divided when I'm giving that time. And so... That really like stuck with me when she said that. I was like, oh, don't multitask. Don't. Right. Just be present with what you're doing at that moment. Right. And give that 100% quality time over the quantity because if you're half checked out with everything, it's not good for anyone. And so that is a great time to plug Beauty Counter. That was Greg Renfrew is the former, she's the founder and former CEO of Beauty Counter. Um, And you can support our podcast by shopping at Beauty Counter, beautycounter.com slash girls. We earn a commission. Um, The products are amazing. The products Mm -hmm. are great. If you would like to try Beauty Counter and you're like, I want to try this, but they're, they are on the pricey side. We would be more than happy to, um, essentially forfeit our commission if you want to try it and we'll give you a little discount. So, uh, reach out to us if you've never tried beauty counter and we'll help get you hooked. Um, they also do have an amazing return policy. So if you try stuff and you don't like it, yeah, yeah. Um, so the but quality is just really nice. So like you're paying for quality. And so I feel like that's a big thing that I've learned as I, aged up and you've and you've always had that mindset of like you know just not buying the cheapest thing because that's oh you know oh I just want to save money on it no why don't you look at the options and look at what's the I'll go without I will just go without until I can get like the best thing like I have a MacBook Pro computer I have a Peloton (laughs) I have a Soul F85 like I I like wait and buy the best thing. Right, and research it. And so, yeah, Beauty Counter, just really good quality. And you know that you're getting clean, safe products, which is really important. And the Again, products are huge, and they kind of last forever, too. They do. But, they do. But I, Greg Renfrew is just a really inspirational woman, and I'll never forget when she said that. So that's also something to, like, bring to your running. Like, to train yes. for a marathon, you do have to check the box, and you do have to have to just get the runs done sometimes. And really, actually, just running in general – I've given this advice before. Jeff gives me the advice every time I feel any bit of burnout. He says, just do 30 minutes every other day until you're feeling better. And then we can check back in. Yeah. Like if you have to modify or skip some of those workouts, yeah, it's okay. I really look at a training plan. If you can hit 65% of a training plan, you're going to be golden. You are going to be just fine. And, and if you still don't hit that A goal... When you're hitting a 65% of your training plan, that A goal is probably a stretch goal and you really need to like check in with yourself and, you know, did you have fun? Like, because that's the most important thing. Yeah. Did you learn something? Yeah. Maybe that's what it's about too. Like you go out there and you have, maybe you have a crappy race day, but you feel like, you know what? I, I learned a lot about myself that day or learned about, about running and training in general. I think it's time to shout out KTP because she gave me, so (laughs) that's her Instagram. Yeah. Katie, um, Katie has given me the greatest thing to do when a race is not going well. It is called dog counting. And actually it works even when a race is going well. You just count the dogs on the side of the course. Tawny does it too. Oh really? Yeah. It's her. So yeah. So I love their race recaps because it's like total dog count. Oh and and Katie will get on Instagram like in the middle of races. She's like we're up to 11 dogs you guys. Like it's great. This or this course sucks. There have only been 22 dogs so far. So I, I, I've done it. I've yeah. done it. Even on a good day. Like, a, yeah. a way to, it's a way to pass the time. You know what? You know what race has a lot of dogs? 
Richmond. Richmond has so many dogs. I've been counting dogs there. I've counted them at Frederick. Um. We counted, so we counted dogs when Lauren, Sarah, Sarah, yeah. and I ran Richmond together. And that was, that was really fun yeah. too. Um, we, we should definitely do like a whole episode on like, like, how, like pacing friends in races because yes. I think that that is just super fun. And I think like, I think that it, like if you are a little faster running with someone slower and running for someone else, like pacing them and just being with them, it can just, especially if they're a new runner, can just elevate them so much. And if like you're a little slower, like, like running with someone faster, there are all these studies that say that it can improve your performance by 30%, which is incredible. It's It's really huge. And so they say like you should train with someone faster or, and it's not even if the someone, if the person is faster, it's if you think they're faster (laughs) or in better shape. So I think that's like actually a dynamic in our training partnership. We each think the other one is in better (laughs) shape. And we've, and we've definitely shown it's proven to improve us both. Like we just by training together and it's, it's amazing. And I think it's tough because mentally I think I'm a little bit like, I'm a little more flighty when it comes to, oh, well I at least have this. Whereas I feel like you'll like crush me in every distance until the marathon and you'll be like, damn it, I don't have the marathon. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, at least I got the marathon. I was like, I'm pretty sure I got 400 meters and the marathon. I'm like, probably, or actually, I probably have 200 meters. You might kill me definitely in 400 still. But like, uh, well, definitely, definitely like one to 200 yeah, meters absolutely. at the end of a mile. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I do joke. I'm like, if I can, if I like, and within like a body, like, you know, like not too far away from you. Yeah. Like, and we've got a hundred to go. I can probably get you. But like, if you get to, if you get more than like maybe 10 meters ahead of me, I don't think I could. Well, and it's what's cool. Like I, I don't have I any have care to like sprints. beat you, but like what's cool is again, it's just like, it just incites like just training with someone fast or faster. Yeah. It just incites that like. We just, yeah, we're always just kind of picking oh, up and picking fun, up. Oh, it's fun, though. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not a comp- competition, but it's a, it just is an encouragement to, like, yeah. you know, keep getting faster. I know. Naomi's learned not to say, not to say I'm going to try to speed up a little bit because I'll go, oh, how oh, fast do you want to go? Are we racing now? <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or, or how, how sprinty do you want to get? And oh, yeah. No. I'm just like, no, no, not that sprinty. That's dangerous. I know. It's, well, it's dangerous for me, too. It's like, it's like running into be, the, running into the danger you'll zone. You'll be paying for it. Yeah. Well, and I was at that track workout. My abs hurt for like, it's, a core it's, workout. it's the only thing that makes my obliques hurt running on the track. Yeah. It's the only thing. So we have a bunch of stuff um, in this episode and we have been recording for like 40 minutes. Yeah. That's good. I think we still have some time. So we have been trying to talk about, um, Stacey Sims has an article that she shared um, and it is the 12 weeks, 12 week of fed, uh, 12 weeks of Energetic? I don't even know how to pronounce it. You energetic, maybe? Do you, you pronounce it E? Yeah, like you energetic. Oh, yeah, that's right. You energetic, high protein diet in regulating appetite and body composition of women with normal weight obesity. And it's a randomized controlled trial. This is on Pub- PubMed. Now, let's define normal weight obesity. That is someone who does on a BMI chart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's Don't how I feel. That's how I feel about BMI charts. On a BMI chart, probably has what's considered a normal weight, but they have um, fat a fat percentage that is higher than it should be, or a fat percentage on their body that predicts metabolic issues. Right, so that's really like what what the issue is. So, so yeah, they evaluated lean body mass, waist waist circumference. Yes. Um, as well as, and then, like, I mean, that's how they gener- determine yeah. whether, it, you know, the, the, the person qualified. Were, right. Well, okay. And, and the change is over three months, over the so, 12 week period. So, what the person did, and, and the reason this study is normal weight obesity is associated with, with metabolic diseases. I think we've talked a little bit how, on this podcast, how your weight and your health are not connected. Sure, if you have obesity, if you, whether it's normal weight or, you're overweight, if you have um, like excess fat and you are not active 
and you are at higher risk than someone who is active of having blood pressure issues, like uh, type two diabetes developing, cardiovascular issues. So that's what that's the more important thing. How active are you? Not how much you weigh. The number on the scale. However, this article was really, really cool because they gave one group a regular diet. That was our control group. And then the other group, they fed them 1.8 grams per kilogram of protein per day. And um, like, so I, I can't remember. Actually, I'm like reading it. Um, I read it earlier. Anyway. All I remember is the high-protein group was 1.8 grams of protein per day. And this was super cool because the women who were in the study group, they did, they had significant change in their um, appetite and in their body fat percentage without changing, without any adding any activity and without changing their, their total ca- caloric total, intake, total caloric right. intake or, um, or without, uh, changing their weight. They didn't lose weight. They only dropped body fat percentage. Yeah. So there's something with protein synthesis in our bodies that that protein can help you burn fat right. or build muscle. Convert into muscle. Well, and like. So muscle burns fat. So the more right. muscle you have, the less fat you will have because it raises your it raises your uh, resting metabolic your, rate. Yeah, your basal metabolic rate. And so yeah. yeah, you're exactly. So your muscle is burning the fat on its own without the activity. Now a pound of muscle and a pound of fat weigh exactly the same. They both weigh one pound. Just FYI. Right. Like everybody says, <laughs> weigh muscle weighs fat. more than fat. But it's the density. What they what they mean is right. Muscle is denser than fat. Um, right. But also don't worry so much. About about what you weigh, like worry more. Actually, I would say, um, if you if you're like I want to track something on my body with a number and how my clothes fit is too woo woo for right. me, get it. Get a clothing tape measure and track yep. your waist sub- circumference at your belly button. And if it's under thirty two for a woman, I think it's thirty. Thirty five is like the indicator to like that. You know, you have, there's more likelihood of all those yeah. issues starting. Of I, I heard like 32 is good. Like 32 right. and under, you're good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because 35 is like the, is the danger zone. Yeah. Basically 35 and up. Yeah. So, so that's, I, and that's what they I would, use, I would say shoot for 32 and actually maybe just get a, maybe just get a ribbon. Measure out 32 inches and be like, can does it still fit? Cool. I'm good. <laughs> so, you know, how like you do those ribbon things at baby showers. So oh the funniest gosh. thing was we did one at my baby shower yeah. with Julian, and then the guys like had to compare their bellies because you know some of the guys yeah. have a belly. So so one of so John, I'll just call him out. Hey John, his his um, goal he took my my ribbon after, and it was his goal to like get down to my pregnant Your ribbon. Belly that's awesome because his belly is bigger. And it's like oh, but that's great. That uh, hopefully that's been a goal that's that's worked. I know that you guys talk a lot about like improving fitness and nutrition. Yeah, I really think that you guys should start a walking club, um, because yeah. then, because then you can wear sneakers to work, <laughs> which some of us do. Because yeah. like, I'm like but, all about the Burks um, at work now. <laughs> but you guys should do like I know that I know that you guys are like so head down working. Right now, yeah. But, but I know that you also have lunch every once in a while you guys should and yeah, you guys are take a close, walking lunch take, you city. guys are close to noodles and company just walk to yeah. noodles and company and back so then you're still having lunch and you're getting a little yeah. bit of a walk yeah or wherever yeah yeah we go we get our food and bring it in yeah from anywhere in the city so yeah we could take a walk yeah but, take a walk instead so yeah but yeah so in this study basically that's what they that's that was the intervention or that was the uh, 12 weeks what they were looking at really was yeah. like again that waist circumference again the women didn't change weights but they their waist got smaller, which means, yeah, they were more muscle mass. Which means they were at a lower risk of all of those, all of those metabolic diseases. And and probably their clothes fit better. That old adage. And they, you know, felt fitter. So throw a little protein on it. Definitely (laughs) has some scientific backing here. Now we've both been adding protein. I've been adding up to two to three shakes a day sometimes. I do at least one, like most uh, yep. days. And it's usually after my workout or I bring it to work so I'll have something for a snack. Or like later in the day when I get hungry, I go make an organ yeah. shake and just So I've been doing two most days. So I have the first one. So I usually have my coffee and my athletic greens and my cookies. 
<laughs> in the morning. And then probably around 11, 1030, yeah. I drink my protein shake while I figure out what I'm going to have for lunch. Um, and then I have another protein shake around three yeah. when I go for a walk. And like I think I said it before, it's like essentially adding a soda. Like it's not that many calories. It's like 170 calories. Right. And we love Orgain. We have a link. You can use the code COACHLIZ30. We have a link on our website um, to get a discount on Orgain. It's really, really great. Um, I'm still a chocolate fudge all the yep. way. Chocolate fudge is, is my favorite so far. I haven't tried vanilla yet. How's the chai? I like the chai, but I'm okay. still like... I don't crave the chocolate. Yeah. But the chai's pretty I, good. I got that chocolate coconut, and it's okay. It just, I wish it was chocolatier. Yeah. And coconutier. That's like the cookies and cream. Like, I've been drinking that one, yeah. and kind of like, it's just not chocolatey enough. Right. And <laughs> I really, chocolate. really, like, I have a little bit left of my peppermint hot chocolate one, and that's Aww. my favorite. Yeah. And so I Seasonal. really, I really hope that they bring it back, and when they do, I'm going to buy a case of it. Because, yeah. like... I, I put peppermint in my coffee. I, like, love peppermint. So yeah. I yeah. might just start putting – this is horrible. Well, no, it's not horrible. I might just start putting pumps of yeah, sweetener. syrup and just, uh, yeah. <laughs> sweetener just syrup, syrup, syrup into my – Nothing um, wrong with it. Into my protein shake. Turn it from, you know, from healthy to um, <laughs> not as healthy. But it's actually, it's have, fine. Yeah, still going to have that, like, 21 grams of protein – um, um, a lot of them are yeah. vegan, so that's great for me. There are some that have collagen. If you want that, yeah, put some built in. So, so I, I've actually been doing collagen as well, and I haven't been doing Orgain's collagen yet. I've been doing Vital Proteins, um, and I mix that in with my Athletic Greens in the morning. Um, one of the issues with getting collagen as your protein source is collagen is not a complete protein source um, because it is missing three of the, I think it's three or four of the, the amino acids yeah. needed to build muscle. So collagen is great, but, but um, you need a complete protein source. And for a long time, um, I was like, I was in the like way is best camp for protein, but I've really been enjoying the vegan protein. Yeah, so it's like pea like, protein mostly. It's got um, brown rice protein. Yeah, it's got um, a few different vegetables. Someone, someone was saying that like it's not quite the cleanest. Orgain is not quite the cleanest protein out there because there could be some arsenic because of the rice. But um, and you know that's like a big thing with like infertility. You know, we're trying to like be as like clean, clean as and as possible. But you know the. The solution is, what will you actually do? And Orgain was kind of that solution. It tastes really good. Right. It's really palatable to drink. And so it's like, uh, sure, I could keep searching for, like, perfect, but I'm never going to find perfect. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, with arsenic, with some of these things that people worry about and with, like, the heavy metals that are potentially in some things, too – you have to have such a high dose of it mm -hmm. to really be – it's As the likelihood like, that you're going to have arsenic poisoning from something like – it's like when it was a, all a fear in, like, the applesauce back – you know, this was when my daughter was, like, yeah. two. So it was, like, eight years ago, and it was this huge fear that arsenic was in all the kids' applesauce. And, okay, again, it's at such a small dose. It's naturally right. occurring. So the right. chances it's going to affect your child is so small. Well, so yeah. rice is rice is actually it's one of those morning things. Well, it, rice absorbs it, right? And because of the way we've been doing farming, it's in the soil. It's and it's rice has a higher proportion of arsenic now than it ever has. Ugh. And so one of the recommendations is don't do rice every day with your babies because they can't clear it as quickly as adults. Mm. So it used to be like rice cereal, rice, cereal. rice cakes, rice everything. What they're saying now is like do rice and then do something else yeah. the next day and just alternate. Like they're not pulling these things off the shelves. It's not that dangerous, right. but it's also just be mindful, but we should be eating a variety, a variety of foods anyway. anyway. And yeah. I am a big believer and, you know, I run a nonprofit childcare center. So I'm going to say that I have a little bit of authority in this. I'm a big believer with young children with babies, once they're eating solid food, um, to go ahead and give them little pieces of what you're yeah. eating instead of focusing fully on baby foods. Yes, give them pouches, awesome. Give them, For convenience, know, but yeah. like if Right, you can, but every time you're to, sitting down to yeah. dinner, give them a little bit directly from your plate as well because that shows them that it's like – there's like a, a want of wanting to eat your own food. And like, obviously you're not giving them Frank's hot sauce or anything like that. <laughs> but I mean, at 18 months old, I ate like a spicy 
barbecue sandwich yeah. because my mom bought it and I was like, ooh, bite. Yeah. And like, oh yeah. And no. she's like, oh my gosh. And I, I've loved, I mean, I'm sensory seeking when it comes to my flavors. I love intense flavors. And I think it's because my mom, like when we were kind of poor, right. We and were kind of poor growing up. And so like she gave me bites of whatever she was eating. And like the other thing my parents did so well was, again, it was because my dad was in the military and we were, you know, young family starting out. They gave me so many vegetables with no seasoning on them that, like, like I thought just steamed. And I thought they were delicious. Like, (laughs) my mind was freaking blown the first time I put salt on a tomato. I was like, what is this magic? Because I like tomatoes by themselves. Um, When, like... You know, I put, I think it was like Lowry's lemon pepper. I was like six and put it on broccoli. And Lowry's lemon pepper also has salt in it. Yeah. And sugar, I think. But anyway, my my like world was blown up and I was like, this is so good. Yeah, you can put salt on vegetables. But I loved, I mean, I, I used to like sit there and eat all of my vegetables first off of my plate and then eat the rest I of my dinner. I wish I could get my kids to do that. But, but they do completely eat everything we eat except yeah. for their tastes then get individualized and they might Absolutely. not want the spicy food or this or that but they have definitely we've always incorporated that and yeah. so the danger is that then your kid eats your breakfast or lunch every day because that's yeah. what happens to me he'll like join he'll steal my food and then I have to go make something else because yeah, he's like you just have to make like, a double portion yep exactly because he just yeah. takes whatever I'm having and I'm like cool I'm gonna make something else yeah just make double portions from now on because yep. then you just have a snack for later if he doesn't want it yeah exactly but he does he's a really good eater he's yeah exactly he's, he eats everything yeah. Anything and yeah, you know what I think for like kids eating with their parents, I think one of the best ways to kind of like like make that happen a little bit more too, if like you've gotten into the chicken nuggets every night for dinner or the short order cook as an adult. Um, for your family, I think having a family dinner table at least once or twice a week where you all sit down together and you all eat the same meal, I think that can be really helpful. In not becoming a short yeah. order cook. We do. Know. I mean. I know yeah. you guys do. I, you guys. Well, no, I may, I end up. Yeah, we do that. But I also end up being a short order cook most nights. And it's part of it's like, it's part of it's really bad. I give my kids a lot of agency. I've always given them that they mm-hmm. choose their own outfits. And this has been, again, like my son is, is going to be three. But I've done this with both my kids since they were very small. And so they're sometimes picking what they want or what they want right. me to cook, which ends up being like, yeah, like sometimes I hate that I've done that. But other times I'm like, you well, know, it's, I try to still figure out healthy things, but then they're allowed to have agency and like make decisions. And so that gives them empowerment and confidence. Yeah, of course. So the, um, the rule is it's your job to provide healthy food, options. Uh, healthy options. It's their job to make healthy choices. And so nice. that way you can still say, I have made these three, and you should always provide one thing that they like, right? So you say, I've made these three things, you make your choices. Because then, and like one of them should be something that you know that they'll eat, right? right. Even if it's not what they wanted that day, or sit down and say, all right, Lila, tonight you get to pick the dinner that the whole family is Yeah, eating. I usually give or, them choices. I'm yeah. like, okay, guys, do you want rice and beans? Yeah. Uh, mac and cheese, because we do a lot of boxed, Max, terrible mac, mac and cheese. is delicious. <laughs> terrible, but awesome. And oh so, my gosh. you know, and so I then, was, yeah. I was really <laughs> sad when you said that you're thinking about cutting out dairy again, because I'm like, oh no, mac and cheese is so good. I like, we'll still have to finish their food. That's the problem yeah. why I can't completely cut out dairy. Well, but all right. Can't throw it away. So I actually remember when I was like eating a lot of the Annie's meals, right? Yeah. The, just frozen meals for lunch yeah. and stuff. And the difference between the the vegan ones and the vegetarian ones, the caloric difference is huge. Oh, I know. Because of the dairy. The like dairy. The macaroni and cheese, cheese the gluten-free, you know. Noodles. That macaroni and cheese in the microwave is a great lunch. Like it's plenty of calories, fat, protein, carbs, but like the vegetarian risotto is like, you're going to be hungry later or the, yeah. or even the, just the vegetable enchiladas. They're like, it's like 260 calories. I'm it's like, not enough food. Right. And so then you're, and they're like eight bucks now. Yeah. <laughs> so you might as well like go to noodles and company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so anyway, we talked a little bit about throw some protein on it and what we cook for dinner. Um, Brian cooks all of our dinner, so I just shut up. So He's nice. like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, whatever you make. Like, I, I, awesome, used to, I used to say, I used to be like, we'll do this, do that. And I'm like, nope, just 
Just say thank you and just eat it. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, and let him do that for yeah, you, right? It's, like that's it's such really, a, really that's... nice. It's really, really nice. I'm kind of in a soup mood, though. I might see if we can't have some soup tonight yeah. for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I've actually been craving... We went out to Ariaki, which is the yeah, um, sushi, sushi place. place by us. And it, we went out for Brian's birthday, and it's so good. But they have this clear broth soup. It, their mushroom soup is just like delicious mushrooms in this clear broth and it's so good and I like want to eat it again mm. it's not a filling meal but yeah. it's so it's delicious that flavor. it's that umami yes. <laughs> yes that's exactly what it is and like it's got oh excuse me it's got mushrooms that have definitely been cooked in it yeah or that were soft beforehand but they also put like some raw ones on top that like then soak up the broth oh it's just really good <laughs> and I love mushrooms like I love them um, you know, I'm definitely a meat eater, but if, if Brian ate mushrooms, we would do less like meat every, at every meal. He's more of a chicken guy. Though, and then so. you run the risk again of like, they're so low in calories. So they, yeah. Cause we yeah. just, last weekend we made, you know, like portobello Portobello's with, burgers. um, yeah, well with, no, with, um, linguine. Oh, yeah. And you top it with like, you cook spinach and top with that. And then if you're, if you eat cheese, you top it with cheese and like uh-huh. you kind of bake it and it's just like, it's a Florentine or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but again, the mushroom itself is, is low in calories. So yeah. it's, you run that risk of not getting enough density and you and you know, and, and so you might end up hungry an hour later. Yeah. So. My favorite way to eat mushrooms is actually to take like, just to saute them in like a pat, in, in like butter, like just white button mushrooms and slice them up mm-hmm. and just like take a lot of butter and put it in the pan and just like cook them until they get kind of brown and crispy and yeah. then flip them. Oh, oh, they're so good. And then like, that's like a breakfast thing in England. Yeah. Well, and so like I just. That's like shiitake bacon. Which is like, oh. it's, you put them in, it's a Chef Chloe recipe. So it's vegan. Okay. You put it on a cookie sheet, you put it in the oven, and it crisps up and it's it's bacon. It's oh, so good. That's so cool. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just, I like how they're, how it's like crispy, but like medi- like juicy. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I love mushrooms. They're so good. <laughs> um, but mushrooms are something you either love or you right. hate. Like, yeah. And they can be expensive. Like the shiitakes, yeah. I all end up spending like 16 bucks to make my shiitake bacon. Yeah, which. <laughs> Just like I it's mean, crazy, and then that's like expensive, and then like not yeah. filling because like bacon is like a lot of calories. Right, it's just High olive oil and, and yeah, mushrooms and salt. Oh, so the long story long of that is throw <laughs> some protein on it, add some protein shakes, see what you think. Um, I definitely have felt improved energy, improved sleep. Um, and I have some very interesting HRV data to share. Ooh. So I had two nights last week, and I'm actually going to check mine right now. I'm in recovery, by the way, because my acute load is so low. I was until I doubled yesterday with the bike. So I'm back into like kind of my normal HRV, but I had two days of HRV last week where I had an overnight of 44. Wow. Which is huge for you. Both days I didn't take my ADHD medicine that day. Whoa. And so I think my ADHD medicine has an effect on my HRV, which would make sense. It's a stimulant, but I can't like not take it. Yeah. Because I think that's why yesterday I was feeling so exhausted because I didn't take it over the weekend. Um, yeah. And I didn't have good HRV one of the nights because I only got like four hours of sleep because we went to that party. But I think like that's, I think that definitely has an effect is yeah. taking my stimulant medication. Um, but what's tough is I can, uh, now it's like a, it's one of those things that doesn't build up in your system. It doesn't do any of that. But um, when I take multiple days off, the the first day back it's really is hard. really hard. Yeah. It's like my brain is like trying to catch up. And it's not like when I was first diagnosed and I took medicine, it was like magic light bulb. Now it's like I have to kind of like take it and build back up to like it working Normal. again. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. That's too bad. So it's all right. You know, it is what it is. Um, Penny is getting a little <laughs> antsy. crazy. Antsy. And it is 7.01. So we yeah. should figure out how to wrap it up. So we talked about, finally, talked about the Stacey Stims. Dr. Stacey Stims. Yeah. She's awesome. If you don't follow her, check out her stuff. Um, Lots of great stuff for women. And I didn't realize this is episode 10. It is. I know. How exciting. We've done 10 episodes. Yeah. And this is great. We're just like just over a month into this little venture. It's so much fun. Thank you guys for your support. Everyone out there. I love that. We've been getting... Penny's excited about it. ...reviews and (laughs) feedback and keep... 
We're yeah, sorry, about sorry about that. Sorry about the dog, guys. But yeah, f- please, you know, keep um, rating, reviewing, sub- uh, subscribe, subscribing. Subscribing, it means it, so much to us. It does. And if you can, you know, share when you, if you like it and you want to share it, please and put it in your stories. Yeah, or, when you, know, you listen, please it. put it in your stories because we, like, love seeing people, um... Love seeing people share and enjoy this. Uh, so many people have said that they like to listen on a run because yeah. it's like running with us. Yeah. And I think we said it last time. Anybody is welcome to reach out if you want to come run with us in the Reston area. We have 20 miles on tap this weekend, and we're going to be going probably at a 12.30 pace, doing 15.30s. Yeah. Anybody is welcome to jo- to join for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we'll slow down for you if if you want to, but we'll be doing 15.30s. Um, we'll be going out on the WNO. Just text us or message us, and we will figure out how you can join us. Yeah. So. With that, I think it's time to call it uh, call it a morning and head to work. Yeah. Right. If you are watching the video, Penny is now on my lap. In your lap, yep. So, <laughs> so yeah, thanks everybody. Can't wait to uh, talk to you and hopefully we'll have some chance over the weekend. To yeah, again. I, I hope so too. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, bye. Bye.